Hello, and welcome to Whole Cluster Conversation. It is kind of the end of the summer slash beginning of fall time, that transition where all the leaves are changing colors and we're enjoying those last summer days. And in the wine world, we are all getting ready for harvest. Um, Last week, we talked about harvesting and preparing for harvest specifically in the vineyard. Um, And today we're going to talk about how to get ready for harvest in the winery or the cellar. I don't know if there's another part. So if you um, didn't listen to the one last week, go check that one out. But you don't have to listen to it before this one per se. But there might be a little fun context for some things in there. So with that, um, Haley... You are the expert of the seller, so uh, you want to talk a little bit about when we should start preparing for harvest in the winery or cellar. Should we use winery or cellar? I'm Haley. This is Ashley. We are Whole Cluster Conversation. Uh, I use them interchangeably, but we could say what, what's going to be easiest for you. I don't know. <laughs> we'll use them interchangeably. Okay, sounds um, great. <laughs> it's kind of a trick or loaded question. Uh, you're always preparing for harvest in the cellar, whether it's, um, you know, years in advance, getting contracts for grapes mm-hmm. and making sure you you know what kind of stuff is coming into the building or um, knowing that you have equipment to make wine. So that might be several years in advance again. But usually the actual hands-on getting ready for harvest, I would say, starts early summer. Um, like June? hmm Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and that would be uh, like getting your wine additives ready, kind of doing a general map of how much wine you're going to make. If you have uh, enough tanks... bins, barrels, um, additives, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you, depending on the type of wine you're making, if you need to order glass, like you're going to have to have all of that kind of mapped out earlier, Mm -hmm. early on in the year so that you have a a purchase order ready for Mm -hmm. glass if you're going to be bottling it soon after making it. Okay. Um, And then later on into the summer, things start to change a little bit and you really start to do more of the Um, cleaning and prepping for harvest and receiving grapes. This seems like this is the time when you're going to really have those to-do lists, checklists, Mm -hmm. spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. Like this seems like, I mean, every part of it, I think there's a level of like organization, but this to me seems like the time that's like the most organized and like making sure you have everything yeah. Ready. <laughs> yes. So um, I think there's plenty of people that don't keep super detailed spreadsheets and stuff. They just know we already cleaned the bins on that side of the press pad. Yeah. We didn't clean the bins on that side. So we need, still need yeah. to finish those. Or we already did the equipment maintenance on all the stuff that's inside, but not the stuff that's outside. Or, but yeah. um, it's very helpful, especially if you have a crew and you're telling people yeah. what to do to be pretty organized. Yeah. It just seems like to me, it's like the grapes are coming in, which kind of is going to get to my next question. But like, you got to get ready. And like, if you all of a sudden realize like, oh, we don't have those glasses ordered. 
yeah. <laughs> right now. Like, like you can't, you gotta be ready for everything kind of at the beginning-ish or like yeah. knowing that it's coming, like, oh, this is gonna be coming next week. So it's gonna be like ready to go in time. Right. Um, you can't be like, oh, the next step is this. Now I gotta order stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So and I think that each winemaker figures that out. Yeah. After their first couple of seasons, usually you kind of get lucky the first few and then you make a mistake and you're like, I need to have that yeah. expedited and you pay for it. And then you remember, okay, next I'm going to put a ping in my calendar. Yeah, <laughs> That's probably like why a lot of winemakers kind of apprentice under someone to start with so that you kind of get some of those like knowing yes. those cadences worked out. Um so that gets me to my question. What are the main things you need to make sure to have ready to receive grapes? The big thing here, I think, is um, you need to have your equipment ready. So bins, if you're using your own pick bins, mm-hmm. you need to have those cleaned, ready at the vineyard. <laughs> um, I think we talked about it in our last episode about vineyards um, uh-huh. and being ready for harvest. Um, you don't have to clean your pick Is bins. that usually the vineyard that does that, though? Like, it I know depends. you're a unique situation, or is it like, so if somebody is only like a winemaker and only mm-hmm. has the cellar, do they typically need to worry about that stuff or just like make sure that the vineyard is doing that? I think it is totally depends contract to contract. Oh, okay. um, so some vineyards are... Um, like you've been to a vineyard where they made you step in a solution before you walked mm-hmm. out into their vineyard yeah. so that you didn't bring anything in on your feet. Yeah. Um, th- those guys probably, even if they're selling grapes to other people, they're probably using their own equipment because they're very yeah. particular. But um, other people might say, hey, we don't want to, like we've already invested all this time, money, effort into our vineyard. We don't want to also buy pick bins that we're going to use a couple oh. times a year. So you guys need to provide pick bins. Okay, so that's good to know. That's mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. It just depends okay. on the contract. You just have to be clear from the outset. Um, hey, are you providing pick bins or am I providing pick bins? Okay, so, cool. Yeah, so and hauling. Yeah. Um, the other thing that goes with that is hauling. So I would say yeah. if you're using your own vehicle to haul grapes back to your winery, make sure that it's had a tune-up recently so it's not going to mm-hmm. break down and you're not going to have grapes that you're, you know, you've got two tons of grapes sitting on your pickup and mm-hmm. you break down and then they're just sitting in the sun for four hours while you wait to get somehow get them back to the winery. Like that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that there's trucking companies or stuff too that like people can contract out if they need like, because, you know, I see sometimes down the freeway where, because, you know, I'm off 84. And so like, I often see people from like, you know, the Washington wines bringing yeah. their down the the river right. <laughs> to some of the cellars in the Willamette Valley for for people that are wanting that those yeah. Washington grapes and so I often see those and so I and a lot of times those are on big trucks so yeah. I'm assuming that you can also maybe look into contracting with a trucking totally. company okay yes and I think different depending on how far you're going and things like that you want to consider um, refrigerated storage mm-hmm. then you're um, not just like a a buddy yeah. who's got a trailer, <laughs> you might want to, yeah. you know, put it in an enclosed semi-truck yeah. that has a reefer unit. Yeah. Um, the other things that you really need to be, uh, that most winemakers are really good at, um, those two things, um, bins and vehicles, sometimes get overlooked. But, yeah. um, or I should say pick bins and vehicles. 
But the other things that most winemakers are really great at, at getting ready ahead of time are all of their equipment. So that would be like your press, your tanks or bins for fermentation, pumps, your lab equipment, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And I would say it's really great to do pre-harvest maintenance on all of that because most mm-hmm. of it has probably been sitting since for like 10, nine, yeah. 10 months out of the year. Uh, so even if you put it away really clean and it was working when you put it away, you still might want to take it all apart, make sure all mm-hmm. the pieces are functioning, yeah. put it back together, make sure make, while it's apart, clean it really well. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, you'll be ready for when the grapes come in to actually make wine <laughs> instead of go, oh no, the press isn't working and we're trying to make whites and now we got to wait until tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. I just think about kind of the general maintenance of things and whatever, but, um, and cleaning everything, like you said, and all of that kind of stuff. So, um, what are some other things that you're going to be doing in the cellar that aren't related to like, um, the equipment per se, but maybe Mm -hmm. like more of the grape processes, additives, that kind of stuff. Um, well, I think that uh, in the summer, a lot of the, well, and early fall, before you start really getting into the thick of harvest, you want to make sure all of your past vintages are mm-hmm. kind of um, tied up with a bow and put away, whether okay. that's bottling them and making sure they're just out of the way and you've got yeah. your barrels freed up or your tanks freed up so that you've mm-hmm. got everything bottled, or if you have everything in barrel or lots of things in barrel or tank, make sure they're topped. Um, you've run all your chemistries on them close to harvest so that you, you, if you get into the thick of things and you don't have enough time to, to work on them as much as possible or as much as you'd like, then um, you've, you've done like a nice good set yeah. of, okay, we, we sulfured, we topped, we've got everything kind of put away uh, yeah. for at least a couple weeks while we're in the thick of harvest they're not in your way. I could see that like where Mm -hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, why, what has this been? Where is it? Or it somehow gets mixed in with the others, the new stuff. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, And then the other thing um, that you were kind of asking is with additives. So Mm -hmm. I usually in June or July, I do kind of an inventory of my additives Mm -hmm. and I start ordering them in July. And Mm -hmm. we, we, are not a huge winery. And we also are pretty simple in the additives that we use. So Mm -hmm. we don't need to order 50 different SKUs. We order like four. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just for me Uh and the listener Mm -hmm. (laughs) say what those additive kind of things are? Yes. So additives (laughs) in winemaking would be like your yeast, Mm -hmm. um, any kind of nutrients you use with your yeast, like um, Mm -hmm. go firm, Mm -hmm. um, uh, any kind of nutrients that you're going to use during fermentation or other stabilizers like um, an enzyme product. If there's a certain lot that you work with that um, you, you're going to experiment with or you know you always have trouble getting color from that lot and you're making mm-hmm. a red wine. And so you're, you know, depending on what you're adding to your wine, additives, mm-hmm. add like the things that you're adding to the, the grapes to make yeah. your wine. That's when I like to order them is kind of midsummer. Okay. Some people wait until closer to harvest and mm-hmm. um, you just have the only problem with that is 
if you start bringing in fruit and you haven't made your orders, then you don't have the stuff to add to your wine and and you're kind of waiting. Do you ever find supply chain issues too? I could, like, I know that with other things, there's been issues that then like, you're like, oh, Nikes, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. If you're (laughs) uh, experimenting with certain yeasts, there ha- mm-hmm. I have seen supply chain issues where they don't have okay. enough. Um, but typically, uh, I would say mo- most of the winemaking additives are pretty available. Okay. Or there's an alternative. It might not be your first choice, but there's an alternative. Okay. If you're making organic wine, mm-hmm. I would say that's one of those. Um, if you need to use an alternative, it's probably not going to be an organic certified alternative. And then technically, I don't think you're supposed to put organic on your label. So if you're, if you're making wine organically, you want to make sure to have your order placed early enough to be able to get everything that you need. That's organic certified. Yeah. Okay. What about, um, bottling stuff? Like, I think you kind of talked a little bit about that, but I just thinking kind of, I'm moving through the process as you can see, like the equipment, the bin, the, okay, now you bring the grapes in, what are you going to need for the grape portion of it? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's, if before that you want to say something about crushing the grapes or bringing, you know, what you need for that. But I think we covered that already. But if you feel like we didn't, feel free to add that in. (laughs) And then I was just thinking about the finalization of stuff, which I know comes a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Anything Um, prep-wise there? Right. So one of the biggest things I think um, people can forget about is how early they're going to need to order barrels. Um, So even like not not bottling, but barreling, because a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are smaller scale wineries like to barrel age their wines. So... I don't, I, we don't order barrels, but when I worked for Talia, um, Earl would order barrels like a year in advance. Yeah. I was going to say they would probably take a while to make and stuff. Yeah, I think 12 to 18 months, depending on what you're ordering and what's available and how particular you are. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, you have to be willing and able to, to buy all these barrels up front and then they show up a month or two before you're going to fill them. Mm-hmm. But you also have this balance of most people aren't just going to use new oak. So you have to empty some of the barrels that already have wine in them in mm-hmm. order to have neutral barrels or used yeah. oak to um, balance out the new oak. So that's um, the most advanced uh, mm-hmm. thinking you need to do is probably for barrels. And then the second most advanced, well, if you have tanks and fermentation vessels, that's the, because if you don't have tanks or fermentation vessels, you probably need to get those into your space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then after barrels, probably glass, depending, like I said, depending on, you you probably need to start thinking about ordering glass about a year in advance right now because of supply chain issues. There's more supply mm-hmm. chain issues around glass than most other things I've, for our needs in the winery. Okay. Um, here's one that was not on our list, but I just thought of, um, and it's going to maybe be a curveball, but hopefully you got it. Um, so I was just thinking about like, what if you make a mistake, a learning opportunity, we'll say, (laughs) um, and you realize there's something like, oh, shnikes, like my barrels aren't coming in. Like, what are, 
really, I know that all of those things are like little nuances of like, if this happens then you got to do this. But I was mm-hmm. just thinking like for barrels or something like that, if there's like, I didn't get these in time or something happened, like, right. Have you, <laughs> what are some of those really high level, I guess? Cause again, I, I think you can get into some of those little nuances. What are some high yes. level things so that you can kind of do for some of these? I didn't prepare well enough situations. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I will say for us, we have enough tank space to take everything at once. We, we okay. couldn't physically take everything at once. Like there's just not enough capacity in our space to be able to process and press and do mm-hmm. all that. But if we had to over the course of four or five days, we could put all of our wine into tanks. Mm-hmm. Um and that's uh, that's one way to kind of deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. Most wineries or winemakers, I think, do a pretty detailed tank and barrel mapping. So okay. if they have, um, I mean, if their barrels don't show up, that's another thing. I, I think yeah. that's, they're on the phone with somebody saying, what the heck? My barrels were never delivered. And now it's two mm-hmm. weeks later. I thought you guys were just running behind, but where are my barrels? Yeah. Um, and so if you don't, just don't get them. Yeah, I guess I've never <laughs> heard of that situation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you have enough tanks that you can at least keep your wine in tank until the barrels get there. Okay. Just <laughs> basically, gonna... I guess the point is be prepared and know your know what to be prepared for, which is yeah. why we're saying some of these things. Probably a little too late since, you know, it's yeah. the, the summer harvest right time. But, um, you know, just to keep in mind, and I think also for those of us that aren't in the industry, knowing these things, I think is really cool to just think about yes. like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. Or even if you're like working in a tasting room to know like oh this is how they prep and this is why it's important to to, that they the winemakers are thinking about these things right okay um sorry for that curveball um um, okay so let me think um I guess what other kind of in that similar vein uh what other like kind of preventative maintenance do you need to be thinking of and performing on equipment you kind of talked about that a little with the lab but just you know things to to think about like during harvest Mm -hmm. and leading up to it right so I think each the way that I prefer to do this is I keep like a a folder or a binder on each piece of equipment Mm -hmm. and it has the equipment manual in it it has like if I bought the equipment from a company or a person Mm -hmm. it has their contact information so if something goes wrong I have that contact information immediately Mm -hmm. I don't have to go through my phone and be like uh wasn't that guy's name Bill yeah uh I don't know (laughs) so um and then we we I, the way I used to do it was having a laminated sheet on the piece of equipment, and I would check off if it had pre-harvest maintenance on it or post-harvest maintenance. But then I just started keeping track of it in the binder, so that mm-hmm. year after year we could see. Um, oh, we actually had to replace all the O-rings last mm-hmm. fall, so we don't need to replace them this fall. Or yeah. uh, we keep having problems with this one belt on this machine. Like maybe we need to have something the tension adjusted or something like that. That's cool. Um, it's like a maintenance log of everything. That's cool. Right. 
Right. And I, so I am a firm believer in taking everything apart as much as possible, mm-hmm. soaking all the components, cleaning all the components separately in their appropriate solutions. Some things can be d- put through the normal winery protocol, that peroxy, rinse, PAA. Some things need to be cleaned differently. Mm-hmm. And then uh, using food-grade grease mm-hmm. and putting things back together. Because a lot of times that, that food-grade grease really helps to make sure the machine runs smoothly and doesn't have any extra stress on it while it's running. Nice. Um, and then during the season, if you have the time to take things apart and clean them, t- do it because you'll find like, oh, this is way dirtier than I thought it was <laughs> on mm-hmm. the inside. Um but if you don't, then you just need to be very vigilant about cleaning um, and mm-hmm. always putting things away clean. Cleaning, like if you're running your pump and there's still pink stuff, if you're making red wine and it's still pink coming out, that's not clean. It needs yeah. to be just as clear as the chemicals that are going in. Um, and then we also had a very um, thorough post-season maintenance where we would take mm-hmm. everything apart. Well, not everything, but most things we would take apart. We'd clean very well, put them back together or after they dried and everything so that we knew there was not going to be any mold or mildew issues. And it wasn't quite as thorough as the pre-harvest maintenance, but it was still nice and um, nice and thorough. One thing I think nice. a lot of people forget about is uh, maintenance on things like pallet jacks and Mm. forklifts. So it might not need to be during harvest, but I strongly recommend doing a pretty, uh, a pretty good clean and maintenance on the, well, definitely on a forklift, but pallet jacks as well. Pallet jacks are just like everything else. If you get them really dirty and you don't clean them, then they get gunky and they don't start, they start not working quite as well. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of pallet jacks too get really squeaky. And guess what? If you WD-40 them or you find the zerts that are there, which are little, um, a lot of people call them nipples. They're just little pieces that a grease gun will attach to and you pump a couple pumps of grease in there, mm-hmm. then then it's not squeaky anymore and it runs better. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of like with, what we talked about with tools, like keep yeah, them up and ready. Clean, and I could just imagine sharp. in the middle of harvest, all of a sudden being like, if your forklift breaks down, like, yeah. eek. <laughs> Especially in a place where... Um, I don't know. I, the Willamette Valley is a big place, so it's not just wineries that are that are mm-hmm. using their forklifts. But I'm sure they get a lot more calls in yeah. the Willamette Valley to come out and do forklift servicing and maintenance in September, October, November, because they're like, oh, shoot, the forklift broke down and we need it today. We need it yeah. right now. Yeah. And then you're hoping, you know, that's when you hope you have a good buddy that's not down a dirt road that can bring their forklift or their skid steer yeah. over and help. So, um, but those zerts, the only thing I will say about those zerts or those little nipples that you use a grease Mm -hmm. gun on, um, depending on your piece of equipment, know how much grease they can take. Like if you're squirting in grease and it's just like coming out, coming out, coming out, it might be full and you might not need to just keep pumping grease in there. It might just be Mm -hmm. wasting it. And there's usually a way to take them off and clean the components on the inside if it looks really dirty. So those are two tricks that I've learned, um. But if it's a piece of equipment that's really intricate or detailed, like a press that has zerts, mm-hmm. maybe call the manufacturer too and make sure you're not over-greasing it or yeah. um, things like that. <laughs> cool. No, I, I love this because you are bringing up all these things that like, yeah, winery people probably know, but like, I don't, I didn't, 
I didn't think of these things. And again, so that's kind of our <laughs> whole purpose. Sometimes you'll know some of these things and sometimes yeah. you won't. So um, the cool. other thing, I think one last thing about yeah. getting ready for harvest would be just making sure everything is clean and safe. Like mm-hmm. if you're using your cellar for storage for your tasting room and you have a bunch of tables leaned up against a wall back there, maybe take the time to figure out a different closet to put them in. Because once you start moving stuff around and then somebody bumps into it with a pallet jack, yeah. and all of a sudden you've got tables flying everywhere. Like it's just yeah. not worth the added stress. So yeah. um, definitely take take the time to clean up in August and September so that in October and November, when you're super busy, you don't have as much stress. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the fun things that I recognize when I go into places. It's like right before, it's like almost everything just gets like cleared out and you're like, whoa, look at this open space. And it's like, not for long, but right. um, yeah, kind of the seasons of the cellar in terms of like what what's in there and, and like, totally. yeah. Um, so cool. That's any, awesome. I know that was kind of one of your last things, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Any last wrap up words of prep time in the cellar? It's not brain surgery. Don't stress <laughs> about it. Like if you forgot to take your pump apart and clean it, it's probably not going to be the end of the world. <laughs> and if you're stressing about it, go listen to that episode that we talked with Vincent about yes. it. And then yes. he'll like calm you of all your worries. <laughs> Yeah, or maybe. yeah, like you're getting to do something super fun, make wine and focus yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, focus on that. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, why don't we wrap this up? All right. Uh, we hope that all of you found this helpful and it got you excited for harvest and you're prepping for your season of winemaking. It's almost here. 2022 is going to be an awesome vintage and we hope that all of your equipment has nice maintenance done and you guys uh yeah we're able to learn some things in this episode if you ever have any questions about winemaking please feel free to write in at wholeclusterconversation at gmail.com and we'll talk to you soon thanks thanks again for joining us for another episode of whole cluster conversation music provided by michael johnson of grand falconer Audio production provided by our friend Ukiah Bogle. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen. Ciao.